Okay. All right. Got some delicious coffee here. Yeah, I don't remember how to podcast, to be honest. I was hoping that you were gonna... Or as I like to call it, poop juice. Yeah. Because of how much it makes you poop. Okay, I was hoping that... Uh, I was just about to say, I was hoping that, that I you would remember how to podcast. And not mention poop in the first 20 seconds of the podcast. Yeah, and then instantly I realized that you also... If I forgot, that means you forgot. We always forget, Kaya. We've never remembered. We've never known how to do this. Not since the very first time. And, and somehow, after two years, we haven't gotten any better at it. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Which I, almost three years, dude. It's going to be three years in March that we've been doing this podcast. Woof. And we have 80 episodes because... We have mental health problems and also we and took, physical health problems. Yeah. And we took like a seven month hiatus. Whoops. I mean, on purpose, but. Oh, I mean, what is the opposite of whoops? I was trying to immediately say the Whoop? opposite of what. Oh. Spool? Spool? That's whoops backwards. I like it. Spool? Okay. Yeah, that's, that's when you did something on purpose and you're exclaiming Spool? about it. Yeah. Spool? So this is If It's Gay, We Play. Uh -huh. It's a podcast about queer stuff and video games. And uh, yeah, we had a little bit of a technical snafu last week, um, wherein unfortunately our guest uh, lost, the recording. lost their audio recording. It was very sad. It was so sad. Uh, but we'll have, we will have our guest back. Don't you worry. Yes. Uh, you don't even know who the guest is because of the aforementioned audio loss but uh you're gonna love the guest we assure you they'll be back that sounds facetious but it's not they're a really rad guest yes i mean all of our guests are really rad but yeah uh yeah this Who is if you? it's gay we play i'm hannah my pronouns are she her hers or they them theirs or he him his i'm kai my pronouns are she her hers welcome they them theirs if you're nasty they them theirs if you are cis and bad at pronouns mm. They, them, theirs in the streets, Z, her, hers in the sheets. Yeah, I guess. Um, so, uh, gosh, Hannah, yeah. boy, howdy. What's the gayest thing you've done this week? Hmm. I started my period, which isn't, I mean, I guess it's gay. I don't know. You can, we say literally whatever you want. Yeah, I'm having a particularly, uh, uh, there's so much blood coming out of my body, just like a staggering quantity oh, of blood fun. coming out of my body. It's actually not fun. Oh, that's fun. Not fact fun. about it, it's not fun. Um, I know somebody who uses their period blood as a face mask, and they say that it makes their skin the best it's ever been. Incredible. I realize that normally when you share a fact about somebody that we know on this podcast, I know that fact in that person and i realized in this moment i do not know that fact or that person and i'm no, you don't. fascinated <clears throat> by who or what it could be <laughs> uh yeah it's a who and they're queer so that's pretty love it that's pretty queer um it's a tattoo artist that i work with oh cool um started my period so is that just like a little tip yeah it's just a little tip uh she says that it's the best her skin has ever been and uh, you should try it. Use your period blood, especially if you use a menstrual cup. It's really easy to save. I haven't huh. tried it because I don't want to. But if you are interested, she says it makes your skin amazing. All right. 
Um, but the gayest thing I did this week. Uh, so I work six days a week now, which is like lots of people work six, seven days a week. That's nothing to write home about, but it means that my whole week kind of blurs by, especially when it's been as snowy as it was this past week. We had a uh, foot, a flash blizzard here in Denver, Colorado, and we got like 18 inches of snow and it it was a true spring blizzard because yeah. now, I mean, it's not gone. There's still quite a lot of snow in our backyard, but our backyard doesn't get any sun. Um, <clears throat> but it's like melted off the roofs and stuff now. Yeah. Like it's it's the roads. I mean, the roads are icy at night, but point being, um, I can't think of anything that I did this week other than get my period and <sighs> watch a lot of the L word. That's always one of the gayest things we did this week is watch a lot of the L word. Was there a particular scene that we watched this week that you feel like sharing with the class? Uh, I mean, we met Helena's super hot Was there perhaps a game that some people played on a field or court? Oh, yeah. We watched the basketball scene of the L word this past week. Thank you for reminding me of that. Uh, and last night I watched the baseball episode of Steven Universe. Um, I've been rewatching Steven Universe is another one of the gayest things I'm doing right now, um, which I have mentioned before, but that show is just so goddamn good. It's a great, like, antithetical to the L word. Oh, yeah. It's great to, like, watch the L word, which is this um, horrifying caricature of queerness, uh, and then go watch Steven Universe, which is not. It's a, it's a nice representation. Um, hey, Kai. Hey. What's the gayest thing you did this week? I think the gayest thing that I did this week was probably, um, I still have it very stuck in my head, um, uh, fucking the gay Changi on Twitter posted a while back when all, uh, the... The hot trannies were still talking about Detransition Baby, Tori Peters' book, um, uh, that she had a, a date with a, a hot trans who um, had read the book, and that offered her the uh, necessary pressure required to also read the book. Um, and I have still not read the book. And sitting right there on your desk. It's sitting right there on my desk. And I realize I don't even necessarily, it doesn't need to be a romantic date, but I need the pressure of somebody out there in the world who is going to talk about this book with me, who is not my mom, who is the current <laughs> person who wants to talk about the book with me. Yeah. Um, and listen, I'd really like to talk about the book with my mom, but I really need to talk about the book with somebody who's not my mom first, please. <laughs> Please don't please. make me talk to my mom first, please. Yeah, please don't make Kai uh, talk about a trans book with their cis mom, with her cis mom. Please don't make me do a please. Please, I don't want to do a please. He's probably going to do it at some point. But uh, like, well, I mean, I'm going to make, make I'm going to do it, but don't make it be my first one, please. If you if you content. have read this book or if you want to read this book and talk to me about it at a future point, you you. Reach out. Reach out. You can uh, add us on Twitter. We're at Gay Gamers. Uh, or you can email us at if it's gay we play at protonmail.com. Yes. Let me know because I desperately need the pressure of an outside uh, queer person 
again, who is not my mother, who has read this book or wants to read this book, thank you. And we only have one copy of the book, so it can be me, but we can't read the book at the same time. Yeah. And also, um, other people in this house. Yeah. Also, nobody else reads either. It's a real problem. We, I Um, mean, we all like normally read, but over the past, you know, chunk of time, reading has become very difficult. That's why I'm asking for help. Yeah. Um, anyway. A lot of focus that we don't have because of the strain that our various mental illnesses are under because of the collapsing world. Yes, Kai. I have a mutual aid shout out this week that I would love to just toss toss right in the ring. Here. I would love for you to toss it in the ring. I'd love to catch it and polish it off and hold it up and say, hey, everybody, look at this. Um, I thought that it was so neat how um, uh, this uh, past week... Um, Hose, uh, Help on Every Street, and uh, the Colorado Anarchist um, Federation um, calf. They have a cute calf as their icon is part of the reason I want to mention that. Um, Did a collaboration where they uh, dropped off bags in a neighborhood and uh, people put donations in those bags and uh, got a shit ton of uh, stuff. Um, hoping to do that project again, uh, replicating, um, something that, uh, uh, Northern Colorado CMAD or whatever the proper, uh, an, not anachronism. Acronym. Acronym. Thank you. Anachronism is a very different thing. It's very different. Yeah. Um, uh, acronym and phrase word combination is I can never remember. I'm the type of bitch that says ATM machine and also hates the phrase ATM machine. Um, uh, anyway, uh, replicating that process. Um, so shout out to all of those people uh, involved in that. Um, yeah, I thought that was just really cool. Uh, there's uh, several different storage places full of donations. Um, hoping to get those cleaned and distroed early next week, but very exciting stuff. Uh, lots of, lots of good mutual aid happening around, uh, city of Denver. Most definitely, most definitely. Yeah. Hell yeah. So that's that conversation. Um, what That's are... what most people say at yeah. the end of talking to somebody. So that's that conversation. Yeah, Moving what a normal on to thing. the next topic. Uh-huh. Uh, what do you got you... any hot tracks? Oh, do I have any hot tracks? I haven't listened to music literally all week. Um, I've just been listening to snippets of things. Uh, I haven't any listened. Any of them hot? Uh, well, I haven't listened to this hot track yet, but I'm going to categorically recommend it regardless. It's the new Julian Baker album. Um, speaking yes. of queer people who, uh, very sad queers who make very sad and extremely good music, Julian Baker, um, also very hot and my height. And I would yeah. love for those two facts to converge someday. Um, cause it would be really easy to kiss Julian Baker on the mouth. Not that it's not easy to kiss people on the mouth who are taller than you. It's just sometimes it's nice to kiss somebody who's your same height. Anyway, Notwithstanding that, um, you should listen to the new Julian Baker record. It's called Little Oblivions, and it's supposed to be excellent. 
early reviews say it's excellent. And not that I pay attention to reviews, but by reviews, I mean like uh, lesbians other, who have listened to the yeah, Julian like Baker queer people album. Who have listened to the new Julian Baker album yeah. and say it's great. Um, also, Julian, everything Julian Baker produces is gold. I don't think she's ever made a bad song. I mean, I'm sure she has made a bad song, but not on yeah, the don't say that. releases I've listened to. Fair. She's never, as far as I'm aware, released a bad song. Um, so yeah, Julian Baker, Little Oblivions. Haven't listened to it yet. Haven't had the chance to just sit down and listen to uh, an album, but you should do that. You should listen to it. I'm going to soon. Thank you for that hot track. You're welcome. It's very hot. And the person who made it is very hot. I love that. I mean, I feel like it maybe is a little a little sad. I feel like I feel like Julian Baker makes kind of sad music. Um Extre- No, let you, me let is me that extremely sad music. Okay. I like feel like Julian, Julian Baker, Baker makes extremely sad music, and I will say, generally, I do not describe sad music as hot, but I approve nonetheless. Yeah. It could still be a hot track. Yeah. Even if it's extremely sad. Um, a lot of the music I listen to is extremely sad. This is true. So. But Julia Baker is like one of the saddest artists. Yeah. I to. Yeah. She's it's so, like a punchline so, about, so about Julian Baker is that yeah. she's very sad. She's the saddest lesbian. She anchors my sad lesbian music playlist. Um, hey. Hey, Kai. Yeah. What you playing? That's a great question, Hannah. Um, I've been playing uh, a fair amount of There Is No Game. Um, I've made it through the first two chapters and, uh, the puzzles are very enjoyable. Um, I have definitely gotten stuck on a few, asked you for help twice, but after that have not asked you for help. I have not looked up any solutions yet, which has been great. Um, it's just a really enjoyable little $5 iPhone game. I cannot recommend it enough. Um, it's excellent. It's been really nice when I'm not really sure what else to play, and I've always got my phone in my pocket, so I'll just pull that out, plug in some headphones. It's got fun audio design. It's funny. It does funny voice acting. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's always really um, amazing to me when a game is actually funny. Yeah, especially an iPhone game. I feel like games aren't often funny. Games often try so hard to be funny and so rarely succeed because the jokes in games are written by gamers. Now, I want to stop you right there because gamer humor is funny. Sometimes. Uh, No, no. humor, yes. Well, all humor is funny sometimes. Fuck you. That's, what? Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, like that's just... a, you're splitting hairs. Gamer humor is funny. Like humor done by gamers about video games is funny. Otherwise, we would not have a podcast. Like literally, that's, like, that's true. I'm just saying, but like... but humor in games, yeah. is almost nine times out of ten not funny. So yeah. we know that gamer humor can be funny. But when it's in games, when I think what I mean is like funny. it's written Why is by that? You tell me. gamers who are trying to appeal to non-gamers mm. and it, it ends up falling flat as okay. opposed to just if you make like super nerdy. Like there is no game is partially funny because, because it just it's makes, meta jokes about It just games. makes a ton of super nerdy game yeah. jokes and it doesn't try to like appeal to That's any true, sort of actually. mass audience. Um, and I think sometimes it's written, games are written by gamers who are trying to write what they think 
normal people audience. Yeah, think is funny. Normal people is funny. And I bet it's normies not. would think this is fun. Normal Maybe. people hate their wife. No, I'm I'm being a gamer. Oh, okay. I'm being a gamer. Normal people hate their wife and now I'm being a now I'm now I'm being a queer person thinking about what straight people yeah, think. It's like funny. now you're being now I'm being me. I'm just being any me sitcom. at this point. Yeah, now I'm just being any sitcom. Um yeah, most games that actually have successful humor, um interestingly enough, I was like coming to the same conclusion as you were like talking it through, uh, is very meta commentary on games themselves. Or just like not trying too hard. It's just like clever. Yeah. Like butterfly soup is just like clever and off the cuff. I don't know. That's the first game I can think of off the top of my head. That, that is, is a game that did funny. comedy well, yeah. And it's genuinely fun because also the humor in that game is not trying to appeal to straight people either. So maybe, that's true. maybe we just like queer humor. I mean, I think it's just uh, about not watering down yourself or your humor in order to appeal to a broader audience, right? Because when you water Stay down... Stay niche, baby. Uh, yeah, when you water something down, then that just makes it less... Makes it watery. Yeah. It makes it less good. Yes. Usually. Usually. Sometimes you gotta water things down. Yeah. Like, can't think of anything you need to water down off the top of my head, but I don't know, bleach? You usually need to water you that You shouldn't down, be drinking that. But you shouldn't drink it. Um, I can't yep, think of no. anything that you ingest that is better mm, when you water it yeah, down. No, Sometimes you put a little splash of fresh water in whiskey. Yeah, see, I was thinking about Can that. It? Or like... I've done that at a distillery in Ireland, so it's like a legit Yeah, thing. it's totally legit if you did a distillery in Ireland, for sure. Um, yeah, I've been playing some There's No Game. Uh, picked back up Animal Crossing. Was playing with erstwhile guest of this podcast, Wendy, for a little bit. Then my Switch uh, uh, almost died um, while I was on Wendy's Island, and I would have lost all of our shared progress on Wendy's Island, and that was very dramatic. Um, so I had to leave in a tizzy. Have not seen Wendy since. Bummer. Y you know? Uh, you she, just left Wendy there yeah. on the island. Yeah, I left Wendy there on the island. She could still be there for all I know. Uh, I hope she's doing okay. <laughs> hope doing, she has enough to eat. Yeah, she's doing fine. Um, but anyway, uh, that was fun to uh, get online on Animal Crossing again and play with uh, somebody again who was first picking up the game because Wendy just got a Switch and just picked up Animal Crossing semi-recently. So getting to share some stuff with her. And hopefully getting to continue to share more stuff with her uh, will be nice. Um, as time progresses, been playing some more Rune Factory 4 special. Uh, there's just so much more of that game that can be played because there's just so much playable content in that game. How many game. hours have you put into that game so far? I don't know. Like a hundred um, some? I don't know. Honestly, most of my games on my Switch that I enjoy have over 100 hours on them, so, I mean, eh. Yeah, the Switch is such a fucking great console for... Yeah, no, it's perfect. For everyone, but for you specifically. Yes. Um, so, I think those are all the games I've been playing. Um, I would really like to get Valheim. Um, that's been popping off lately, but I think part of the reason why... Haven't gotten That's it that yet. Viking, yeah, twenty bucks MMO, on Steam. Right? Yeah, it's the Viking MMO. Um, it's twenty bucks on Steam, but my the things that are preventing me from buying it are I don't have anyone to play with me, um, and I don't have twenty dollars. And <laughs> you don't want to sit at a computer because it hurts. Yes, 
That's the other thing. But uh, several of these things can be adjusted. But the don't have anyone to play with me is the biggest struggle because everyone else that I know is struggling with a variety of those other factors as well. Um, So it's like, well, why would I even get it if I don't have any friends who will play with me, huh? If you want to play Valheim with Kai, if you want to play Valheim with me, reach out to me on Twitter at GayGamers, G-A-Y-G-A-M-E-R-Z, or if it's gay, we play at ProtonMail.com. Please, somebody. So Kai can play Valheim. So I can play Valheim. Go be a Viking with Kai. Now. Get me to read Detransition Baby by Tori Peters and play Valheim. That'll get a a little easier as the weather gets warmer and your body isn't quite as crunchy shitty yeah still shitty but not quite as shitty you know what'll be even easier is if uh i get a vaccine and i'm able to start getting uh regular health care again oh my god that'll be amazing that'll, that'll be the shit vaccination anyway, baby that's uh, that's the name of the game what are you playing hannah because there have been a couple of new games on your radar that you need to you need to catch us up on the end of an old game because we missed last week's episode where you caught us up on where the I end of an old game. I caught us up on the end of an old game. And then there's a brand, brand new game. And then there's a brand, brand, brand spanking new game. That I get to talk about. And uh, uh, eagle-eyed, eagle-eared listeners of this eagle, podcast. Eagle, listen, eagle, 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 eagle lis- listeners. Listeners of this podcast who are eagles um, or who are the eagles. If you are the easel- eagles and you're listening to this podcast, fuck off. Your music sucks. Don't Hannah listen really to my podcast. I hate you. Go away. If you are a literal eagle listening to this podcast, though, hell yeah. If your persona is an eagle and you're listening to this podcast, hell yeah. use those powers to see or hear this this segment that Hannah is and you can referencing. Prob- anyway, you can probably guess that I'm going to talk about P5 Strikers uh, because of my deep and abiding love for yeah, Persona Yeah, I was going to say because of all of the feelings that you have because of, your of gay my children. extreme love for all my game gay game your gay, game your gay game, game children my game children um but the first i want to talk about i haven't really talked at all about tony hawk's pro skater one and two on this podcast um even though have I've, we not i fucking love that game oh my yeah, god hannah hold on wait what you just reminded me that we need to talk about the hot vampire lady from Resident Evil. Oh yeah, everybody's talking about the hot vampire lady. It's just we, we haven't to... talked about how tall and hot she is yet She's on our podcast. Extremely tall um, and extremely. And I feel high, like our right. listeners need to know that we love tall, we stand hot, the hot ladies. Tall hot. We stand tall hot ladies, and we stand vampires, and we stand tall hot vampires. All I want is that. Yeah, I'm excited for that game to come out so that we can watch play. If you are a tall, hot lady, please reach out to me on Twitter <laughs> at GayGamers or email me if it's gay we play at ProtonMail.com. If you're a vampire, if you're tall, if you're hot, if you're a lady, you're really any, any of the above, of those things, yeah, please reach out. Hit us up because we love it. We're here for it. Or, you know, in, in any sort of nearness to any of those things, really. If you're close to a vampire, I'll take it. Yeah. If you're adjacent, if you're within a couple degrees of a vampire, we'll take it. Couple, if you can get us to a vampire, is yeah. what I'm saying. If you can be a bridge that leads us to a tall, hot vampire, then <coughs> much like Alice sleeps with on the L word. If you can act as that bridge, then literally, then even better. Then it's then it's a party. Hannah, take over. I'm about to. About to take a fat. No, I'm about to cough. Oh, okay. 
I thought you were about to take a fat fucking dab. Nope, about to respond about that. Respond about dab? Yeah, respond about the dab. <laughs> with coughing. <laughs> yeah, you know, how people talk. Um, so Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, the remaster, uh, is very, very good. And it's not even full price. It's like... Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. It's like $30 is its full price. Yeah, it's for the like game. 40 bucks or something. It's like 30, 40 bucks. Yeah, I don't even think it's 40 bucks. I think it's under $40. It's like very inexpensive for a big AAA release. Um, and it's so good. If you grew up playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, get this game. You'll love it. It's the same. It just looks, it looks, it's one of those remasters that like does a very good job of being how you remember the game and not how the game actually looks now, which is like garbage. Remember, or plays Hannah's now. saying this from a perspective of somebody who did not play that game. No, uh, I did not. I might've played a tiny bit of a Tony Hawk game, but the game, the skating, skating game that I had when I was a kid uh, it was called Street Skater with a eight in skater. Oh yeah, that came uh, free with an Xbox. Uh, I had it for PlayStation One. Oh. Um. And oh, I, never mind. I'm thinking of Skate. You're thinking of Skate. Those are different games. Yeah. Um. No, I played Street Skater. Uh, which I would love to hear if anybody else played that game. Um, and I would also love to play that game again as an adult. But I bet it plays like shit. Like all s- old skating games play like shit. Oh, I'm sure. Now. Um, but the controls in the Tony Hawk remaster are from a later Tony Hawk game. So they're more, yeah, they're, uh, they're more four rules. Yeah. They're more good. They're more good. Um, from what I hear. Yes. <clears throat> so even my point is, even if you didn't grow up playing Tony Hawk, you should get the remaster because it's, it's fun as hell. It's fun as hell. And you can make a shockingly androgynous character with just, it doesn't really have like a character creator. It has like a choose from... I mean, you can like customize it. Like, you can put like tattoos, and you can choose the height of your character and that kind and of thing. Hair and skin color and yeah, but clothes, you can't. But that's about it. It doesn't have like sliders for yeah, a, no. a face creator, which is a little disappointing. Um, it would be great if you could sort of, you know, monster factory it in uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. But my point is, with the the tools available to me, I made it a shockingly androgynous little version of myself. Well, I mean, all of the characters are shockingly androgynous is the thing about Tony Hawk's. Yeah, even Tony uh, Hawk himself. Yeah. Uh, no, that's Tony Hawk is Tony Hawk. Um, but yeah, all of the custom skaters you can make are pretty shockingly androgynous. You just choose like, you can choose a voice. It doesn't make you choose Yeah, there's no gender and they're all like wearing that. like a little top thing that could be a minor, could be a sports bra. It's great. And they're all wearing little boxer briefs. Yeah, it's great. It's very shockingly progressive for uh, i mean it it's it, yeah i mean it's it's it, tony it's tony tony doesn't make you choose a gender that's all i'm saying yeah and it's it's very good um and it's fun as hell i am like it's hard to say if i'm any good at the game or not because i think i'm pretty okay at the game but then i tried to play online one time and People were getting like million point combos. You're the best in this house at the game. I am we'll say by that. far the best in this house at Tony Hawk. I will I will stand on that. Those yeah, laurels, you definitely can. rest on those laurels. Uh, so I've been playing some Tony, um, playing uh, Persona Five Strikers, which is so good so far. Persona Five Strikers asks the question: uh, What would Persona Five be like if it was an action beat 'em up platformer? And the answer is fucking sweet as hell. It's still sweet. It's really fun. Oh, yeah. um, you get to dynamically control 
everybody i know this is like in the game marketing but it's genuinely very fun to be able to like switch characters and like control like you don't just give orders to your your homies like you do in regular persona 5 you can like switch and be makoto or be ryuji or be whoever you want um i like it when you're morgana yeah and you can be morgana and he runs around with his little peats um the way he runs is very fun yes so Persona 5 Strikers is out. It's excellent. Um, I do think it's a little bit bullshit that it costs $65 or $60, whatever. It costs a full price for a game, but it's uh, super, super fun. Um, is it not a full game? It is a full game, but from what I've heard online, it's like 40-ish hours, which is a full game. I just think it, I don't know. It's it's yeah. I mean, when the original Persona game was like a hundred hours, right? That it costs the same price as Persona Five when Persona Five is like a hundred twenty hour game, and Persona Five is like a forty hour. Though that the amount of work that it took to make Persona Five Strikers is pretty comparable to the amount of work that it took to make Persona Five because they had the framework for the like foundations and structure and skeleton of that rpg mechanics but they didn't have a framework for beat em up mechanics and like programming and I video think they game did, stuff though. i think they they it uses dynasty i've never played dynasty warriors mm. but from what i've heard it uses dynasty warriors mechanics oh, then so it's a dynasty it's dynasty warriors but persona uh, i mean maybe in that case they're just um <clears throat> Having better uh, work hours for their employees, could be. or it's just could also just be you know, it's Atlas and they want to take Atlas your money. and they want to take your money. Yeah, I'm I'm not like I mean, defending I them. I'm just kind of like theorizing yeah, at why it would be such a difference in content versus cost. Yeah. But it's really good, and you should play it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, I mean, it's uh, it's a teen road trip. It's story. a teen. It's a it's a coming of age road trip story. Uh, where you are, your good friends from your good gay friends from Persona Five. We keep referencing them being gay. They're not necessarily they're, canonically well, gay. Yeah, they're they're Yusuke is arguably heavily coded to be yes. gay, but uh, it's it's um, we've decided that they're all yeah. Gay. We've we read all of these characters as gay. We've yes. decided that they're gay. We've decided that they're all neurodivergent. Uh, it well, they're heavily coded as neurodivergent. Yeah, they are heavily and coded. As it well. also what we've decided is it does not make sense for there to be only one gay friend right, like, in a friend group because it they, there's always more than one. If you think you're the only gay friend in your friend group, you either have the wrong friend group or just give it time. Yes. Because oftentimes when you have a big group of friends who you're like genuinely connected to and you are gay. It's because they're all gay. They just don't know it yet. Yeah. And you sought them out because they don't have hetero stink on them. Yes. And I don't think any of these people have hetero stink on them. I think they all smell nice and gay. They're just so young. They're just so young. They're just young people. Makoto in uh, P5 Strikers has started. They all have different outfits now. Um, and Makoto has started wearing a half leather jacket, which I think is very bisexual of her. Oh, yeah. For sure. um, you can't wear just go around wearing a half leather jacket and not be bisexual. That's that's not how that works. Makoto's off at college. She's probably bisexual now. I mean, they're all, you know, anyway, P5 Strikers. And it's the plot so far is interesting. It's a direct sequel to um, uh, Persona 5, uh, not to Persona 5 Royal. Like it doesn't have it because the Persona 5 Royal has a different ending. Um, 
but this one follows the end of Persona 5 regular. Mm. Um, you should play it. The other thing I wanted to talk about now a little bit more briefly, because I talked about... I've Sorry, I've been playing a lot of games, and I have a yeah, lot of yeah, thoughts no. on them. Uh, is I wanted to talk about the ending of Horizon Zero Dawn, because I did finish that game. Um, and it was really abrupt, the ending. I was disappointed. Not disappointed. I was just a little like, oh, that was it? Um, you do, like You do build up to this like final battle, and the final battle itself is pretty fun, but it is like learning what happened to the old world, like finally getting those answers is a lot of, um, I guess I was just frustrated because of the pacing of the way that story was told because the way that you got it was pretty much walking around a bunker and just listening to audio logs. Like it was very, a lot of like walking and talking. Like it was very- Yeah, like telling, not showing. Yeah, it was a lot of telling, not showing. And the telling is really like well thought out and like, well written but it was nevertheless i'm playing this like action open world i'm fighting robot dinosaurs game uh and then i had to spend like probably a cumulative hour just standing there watching hollow hollow things uh holographic things not hollow um with a w yeah yeah watching uh like hollow presentations and listening to audio logs uh with like bursts of fighting. It was really weird. It was not super well paced there towards the end. Um, and I just felt like it was like, I completed the whole game in like 46 hours. And it, it I talked about this on the podcast. It seemed like it had the pacing of a much longer game. And so when the ending came up and it was just listening to a bunch of audio logs and now here's the final battle, it felt very like abrupt. It felt very rushed. It felt like- I wonder if it was intended to be longer. Yeah, I, I wonder, because, I mean, I could have spent a lot longer in the game if I had, like, done the hunting grounds and gotten all the collectibles, but those things... I mean, like, the script, like, the Yeah, narrative. no, I know. That's what I'm saying is, like, mm. that's that's how the game... It seemed like that's how the game yeah. would be longer, is by doing all this bullshit that I didn't feel like doing. Um, I just didn't find the hunting grounds particularly fun uh, for me. Um, I'm sure plenty of people find them very fun, and the collectibles, like I've said, I just... There's only so much time I have in this meat body uh, and finding all the collectibles in video games is not how I want to spend it. You know, I wonder if um, what what I'm what I'm wondering is if the uh, original story of Horizon Zero Dawn was kind of the end that was originally the like final segment that was originally supposed to be part of the original game, like got chopped off and put into Horizon Forbidden West. Forbidden West or whatever, or, like, some variation, or, like, got yeah, put know. into DLC or something. Because, like... well, the ending, the ending of the game made sense. Like, it was... No, no, no. Like, I'm not saying that it wouldn't make sense, because uh, it's just, like, what if that, the, the like, falling action of the story, like, like... Got like chopped out like like if a narrative has all of this and here and then there's a climax and there's all of this stuff that goes on here like and then there's the final battle this part got chopped out yeah it could be like that's what i'm saying like 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 a big chunk of the last part got chucked out yeah chucked out possibly it could be um i definitely think there might have been one or two side quests that i missed but it just it doesn't it didn't feel like i missed like a big chunk of the game. And no, no, no. I don't mean you missed it. No, I, I mean, know. I'm they took separate. It out. Separate thought. I'm saying it doesn't feel like I missed a big chunk of the game. 
Yeah, because they and, probably did a great job of like cleaning it up. Yeah, and I, um, but I, yeah, I just felt like it was rushed to the ending. So, all in all, uh, a good game, a uh, very good game. But I don't have an extreme desire to play it again. Like I don't. It Do was you still want to play the sequel? Diverting way. Uh, probably, but I'm not gonna like buy it when it comes out. I'll probably wait till the sequel's on sale and then I'll get it then. Okay, yeah, because uh, when we were talking about it a few weeks ago, you were like gonna buy it when it came out interested in it like yeah i don't know that i'm gonna buy it when i i I don't know that i was ever gonna buy it when it came out interested in Mm. it um but i i will much like with horizon zero dawn itself i will wait till i'm interested enough in it to play it but not for 60 dollars yeah is how i feel about horizon forbidden west because that's how i felt about horizon zero dawn is i bought it on sale definitely fair Um, and uh yeah certainly not gonna pre-order forbidden west well, I, I mean, P5 never pre-order again yeah. is basically the lesson that That's I've experienced. The, the cyberpunk lesson that you've experienced? I mean, I haven't pre-ordered I a game it. in uh, years, pretty much. The only games I, Pokemon. I pre-order... Well, I... Obviously, Cyberpunk was a misstep, but the only games <laughs> that I pre-order are games... What? Hold on, looking back. Looking back, I can I can see how Cyberpunk was a misstep, but uh, uh, games that I pre-order are games that I'm like 100% confident that I'm going to enjoy. So, for instance, Persona 5 Strikers or Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which has been, even though there are fewer butts, uh, I have already pre-ordered that game, because obviously. Wait, are you able to pre-order? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. I should do that. You should do that. Because um, I want it. Yes. Uh, that, that, see, if, if. I feel mm, I might not even pre-order it because I already own all the Mass Effect games and I want to see if the remaster is good before purchasing it. Because I was going to say the only time in which I would feel safe pre-ordering a game is if I already played it and therefore know that it's good, but... But what if they ruin it? They can ruin games when they remaster them. Fucking the Crash remasters. Like, they didn't ruin them. It's just they're not, like, stellar. The Crash Crash games in general aren't, like, stellar games. Yeah, I was going to say, that's an instance. But, like, I mean, come on. Like, That's an instance of the remaster was very good. It was a good remaster. It's just that the Crash games, it turns out, weren't that fun to be yeah that but like i mean i don't know like uh, if i had wait, i didn't even buy those i was about to say if i had waited to hear the reviews then i might have thought but you harder didn't but i, I didn't those. buy those either so i don't even know what i'm saying uh like i'm just saying like maybe i i am from now on even if i have played a game already and should know if it is good i will not even pre-order it then because oh boy it's just with in, in this economy, in this environment, in this gaming environment, in uh, the climate disaster that is actively occurring in front of our eyes in the year of our Lord 2021, I don't necessarily uh, want to just be, uh, you know, throwing throwing my money at these developers who may or may not be doing things good. Yeah, <laughs> no, I they, feel you. they might be like they might be just like fucking up and just being stupid and then putting out a bad game like Cyberpunk because 
everything sucks and it's just all they have to do with mass effect is just do it the same but make it look better and literally i know first one a little bit if they can prove the combat of the first one a little bit that would be sick but even Anna, if they don't I touch know, it. I but know, they but, might it, but they not. might fuck it up. I know they might fuck it up, but here's the thing. Uh, this is not a cyberpunk situation. This is a situation where I even know. if it's trash, I am going to play this mm. this remaster. Like there's no there is no universe in which I do not play the Mass Effect remaster. So I have just Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not if you buy it, I'll play it. And I have already bought it, so. Well, I'll play it, and then I'll decide what I'm going to do. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then I'll figure out what I feel about it. Yeah, that is that's that is a great that's, idea, okay? Yep. Is that was we'll, pretty much the plan we'll the whole way play along. It, and we'll see how we feel about it. Great. Buckle, buckle, I was almost going to say buckle your asses, which is a Buckle thing. your asses, Buckle folks. your asses, kids. Uh, I mean. this is going to turn back into a hey podcast for a little bit. This is going to turn back into a BDSM podcast for a little bit. I hope you're ready hey, for that. Hey. So that's all I have to say about the games that I've been playing. I had a lot to say about them. That's great. Because I have... Uh, less to say about propaganda than i thought that's okay what's that our main segment is propaganda who's that on the horizon it's prop a ganda prop a prop a gander would be a pretty good drag name kai's taking a fat dab that is literally why i told you i was not trying to record because i was not trying to record um propaganda would be a really good drag name that's right hannah but propaganda is not just a drag name. Propaganda is a bad thing, and it's in video games, and Kai's going to tell us about it now. Um, yeah, so something that I've been thinking about uh, somewhat recently is the regular occurrence of um, American-designed war games. Um which is to say, like, uh, or war games that take place with the American military, starring the American military, um, and are marketed to Americans. Uh, like, this was particularly interesting to me um, because of my relationship and history with the uh, Call of Duty series. And um, I have never particularly been a fan of the military, and I never was like, interested in joining it or anything like that um obviously uh dislike it a lot more now that i am uh 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 much more radicalized leftist as an and adult there are approximately um, one thousand reasons that the military would not let you in yeah even if you wanted to <laughs> yeah but anyway point being um i started getting really fascinated by my relationship with this history of this game um recently and uh i started looking into um other games that would uh fit into uh the category of sort of like these very um uh lionizing the american military uh and the uh, military industrial complex and um sort of the uh imperialist globalized uh colonized uh version of the world um uh that these that these games are uh re-establishing as a societal narrative in like 
um, young people's minds because when these games were heavily marketed to me, I was uh, 12, 13, like 11, you know, like a, I was a, a preteen teen boy and that was like impressionable that's age. that is the exact demo like i was especially like uh that that's the exact demographic that that's like marketed to and i was like friends with a lot of um uh other uh boys my age who were uh uh much more uh conservative leaning than i was and than what my family was um at the time so i was exposed to even more like um pro uh military pro imperialist rhetoric um and so like seeing even more of that in my games uh looking back on that now it's like really deeply insidious right um and there was a particular game that when i was remembering a video uh that i had seen describing the plot of it recently uh i've been watching a lot of like outside xbox and outside extra videos on youtube because they're nothing videos um which is to say yeah. they are they just basically are like here's a video game that exists speaking of gamer humor that is yeah insufferable uh, in some somewhat insufferable but also in a, in a very endearing way yeah i i love it um don't get me wrong i watch it every night to fall asleep uh, but the point is, but you the watch point it every is, night to fall asleep. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's like, here's a video game that exists. I saw this game called Conflict Denied Ops, and I remembered it um, from the past. I It came out in the year, let me see what year specifically. It was 2008, um, and that was like right around the time. Uh, it came out for the 360. That was like right smack dab in the middle of the time when I would just be playing video games like this, right? Um, and uh, it was actually published by um, uh, the overarching company of uh, Square Enix Europe, um, which really interested me and designed by uh, Pivotal Games Limited, which is a British game developer. Um, again, very interesting that, um, the UK and, uh, Europe are, like, designing and selling this very American war game. Um, it's the fifth game in the conflict series, and, uh... I mean, the UK has to justify their involvement in our shitty well, illegal war, too, so... they have to involve their involvement in many shitty illegal wars, uh, and it's genocides. Since, yeah, um, the, the in imperialism and the, uh, the colonization, they're such garbage. Fuck the um, British. Fuck the British. Fuck. The story the Irish takes... Podcast. So, basically, um, this uh, story takes place in uh, uh, like s semi-realistic setting of a Venezuelan conflict where this uh, hypothetical hypothetical general Ramirez and his associates have staged the Ramirez regime where Ramirez is slowly plotting to take over his own country and uh, he has quote-unquote seized the uh, oil refineries and is threatening to deploy nuclear weapons if the USA continues to meddle in his country's affairs. Stop. Um, so basically uh, Venezuela's response to this representation of, like, their country and their, like, entire political situation that was going on at the time 
was uh like fuck you what the hell is this yeah. like this is making us out to be the villains in our own country protecting our own interests from your imperialist meddling like what well, that's what America has to well, sell the yeah. lie of, is that we are the saviors of the world, and our meddling is always to save people from themselves. Well, basically. exactly. So, anyway, so you're, uh, you play the role of two CIA operatives. Um, uh, you play as a, a black CIA operative and a white CIA operative, Lincoln Graves and Reggie Lang. Um, and you're taking down uh, General Ramirez, and uh, basically, um, Lincoln Graves is uh, the white guy, and he is super fucking racist against his partner, Reggie Lang, who's the black guy, and um, he is portrayed in a super fucking racist way. He's Sounds like about right. uh portrayed as a quote unquote thug, as a quote unquote mm-hmm. gangster. It's uh and a rookie like on the team and like learning from this more experienced guy. Um it's really horrifying. There's this whole section that takes place in uh quote unquote Africa not specific where in Africa. Um, there's also entire sections uh, about uh, Russia and uh, mercenaries and thugs in Russia and mafia there. Um, there's uh, Colombian arms dealers. It's like, really, if you can find every uh, it, like imperialist stereotype about other countries that we've colonized, imperialized, uh, been, it, been at illegal war with. at illegal war with, etc. Um, stolen from like this game in this series has um, uh, basically portrayed those uh, countries and or those people and or those continents. Yeah. Um, as, uh, evil, um, and that particularly interested me because that just seems so obvious, right? That just seems so obvious as... So, like, blatant. So blatant, right, as propaganda, right? Um, but... What uh really interested me when I was just kind of like digging more into framework through which to understand propaganda and uh, its origins and history. Uh, I'm sorry, my mic screen keeps moving, so I don't know that I'm not on my mic because I'm staying with the screen. Um, I I can't see the mic behind the screen. Um, so anyway, uh. Propaganda, um, according to uh, this book that I found and enjoyed, and I'm definitely open to. Uh, I wanted like do a different text like every week when I'm analyzing these different propaganda pieces. Um, this is a book by Corey Wimberly, uh, with featuring like Foucault's analysis of um, propaganda and history. Um, so. 
the it deals with the concept that modern propaganda did not originate in the state and was never primarily located in the state. It was a for-profit service for businesses. Um, and that really interested me uh, because I think that that um, is deeply reinforced by uh, globalism and um, the methods in which, uh, like, imperialism is maintained through, um, the, like, seven corporations that own the world, as well as the, uh, international bank system and the, uh, like, other globalist trading systems, and, uh, they're, Further, it is very interesting to me that um, it basically is uh, not necessarily um, operating through lies and deceit. It's an apparatus of government that aims to create the public's uh, that will freely undertake the conduct that its clients desire. Um, so the propaganda that we're seeing in modern times isn't lies. Like, the the things that are represented in the video game is... Some of it is like an honest representation of what the United States views as true, mm. and some of it is like an honest, like a lot of it is lies. But it's like what the lies that are written the in liars the history don't books. Think they're lies. Yeah, then that really interests me. Or the liars don't. Want but you maybe to think they. Lies. But I think that like they do think that they're lies. Yeah, I think maybe they know maybe lies. I do disagree with that book that I just read that thing from or maybe I'm misunderstanding something, but it is basically like trying to change what it is is it's trying to change uh I disagree with uh Wimberley's analysis if that's what Wimberley's analysis really was. What what it is is it's trying to change your subjective lens um that you're viewing the world from is what propaganda is trying to do uh and affect your subjective worldview. Um and uh, the way that games like this are immensely successful in doing that is by, um, I, I think, having you uh, feel as though you're in control of, like, this narrative. And uh, definitely, I think, the, um, like, hero complex, the white savior complex, if you're, like, a white person playing this game, like a young white boy, like... Uh, uh, I would have been had I played this game when it came out. Um, definitely uh, can shape somebody's response totally. to this game. It's like... Because I would be far less receptive to it were I, like... Were I... Had I been a girl at the time, had yeah. I been... Well, it's the same way that military recruiters prey on yeah. young people. Is because you have to sell young people the lie of American imperialism or they won't. I mean, people join the army for plenty of reasons, but there's a specific 
sort of demographic that they're catering to in trying to get people to, if not sign up for, at least lionize the military because America is a military imperialist state. Oh, definitely. So you have to, you have to use those lies of like, uh, of America, the great of America, the savior, uh, in order to get people to do that. It's all propaganda to increase our military strength, either through public support or more soldiers. And I mean, uh, what's really interesting is um, the way in which the games influenced the media and advertisement recruitment campaigns to reflect the games and then the recruitment camp and then the game started reflecting the recruitment campaigns and they're like kind of they're they're just mirroring each other. Yeah, they and feed just, on each other. Yeah, and it and it's just this really interesting process of um uh, uh an echo chamber of like a self reflection tunnel where it just kind of gets further and further into fanning the flames of nationalism and uh patriotism and um uh you know, feeding the death the you death. know what I think is really interesting about... Oh, I, hold on. I'm oh, so no, sorry. sorry. I, I had a second point, which is um, they also are constantly redirecting the narrative. Um, uh, when we were watching The L Word this week, we are in the section uh, where we've Tasha, Tasha... We've met shitty, Tasha. Shitty, shitty Tasha. Um, everyone on the show is shitty, so uh, it's Tasha... It's not unique to her. She's it just is not a, unique she's to Tasha. It, it's just she's a military cop is, is how the other she's thing. Shitty. Is how she's shitty. Um, so that's why Tasha's shittiness is relevant here. Um, Tasha, whenever she argues with Alice in the show, Alice is saying the military-industrial complex is bad. She's saying it through her terrible neoliberal analysis of why, but but she is she saying, is saying the military-industrial complex, complex is bad, and Tasha and is the saying war in Iraq is bad. And no, illegal. individual soldiers are good. Why are you trashing individual soldiers? Which and is I, not and, what she's and, doing. Which is not what she's doing. And I think that that is a really interesting um, thing that uh, consistently, like propaganda like this, like the 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 social narrative is like redirecting uh, criticism of stuff towards well, anyway I, I feel like that's like i mean i don't narrative. know i've never been in the military but i feel like part of what, what the military does is is try to remove that barrier between you and the country like you are the country you are the war so it oh yes insulting like well they, it, it removes they brainwash that you you are the military and so anybody and insulting anything the military does is insulting are you. so distanced from civilian life and other civilians you are meant you are purposefully like meant to Yeah. You know what I think is interesting about mm. recruitment propaganda now what? is I feel like just based on the snippets of ads I've seen here and there uh and like stuff I see on the sides of buses and stuff it feels like the propaganda has moved away from this like intense patriotism in recruiting i feel like most of the recruiting propaganda nowadays is like learn skills that will serve you outside the military is how i see a lot yeah of i've like seen a lot of it move back towards education to, like the gi yeah, like bill get, a, get an education um, like uh you know you learn skills that will serve you outside the military what's really interesting about that is uh the original GI Bill was only for white p 
people. Yeah, that makes um, sense. And, uh, or like a version, I don't know if I'm using the term GI Bill correctly. The original version of the thing that would send people who were in the military to get education after they were done in the military um, uh, was only for white people. And uh, the thing that would let you buy property or whatever after you were done in the military was only for white people. Um, but I'm noticing that a lot of those um, images and uh, commercials very specifically feature um, black people, people mm-hmm. of color, indigenous people. It's like um, not indigenous people, actually. They yes. really specifically do not, not feature yeah. indigenous people. They do feature black people very specifically, mm-hmm. though. Um, and that interests me. I feel like it's trying to like it's what they're trying to do is like use political correctness, quote unquote, to market the military. Like they're trying to show that like the military can be an inclusive space. I don't know if you saw the recent CIA rebranding campaign. Tell me more about it. Um, Look up CIA rebrand because the CIA, uh, and like, I think a lot of the, the intelligence agencies, um, if it wasn't just the CIA, uh, re- did this entire like uh, graphic design uh, and like website and like career like appearance rebrand, and now it looks like a, um, a software uh, design company. Sorry, there's. It looks like San Francisco, like, tech startup. Yeah, this is stupid, but the New York Times has a headline that says, Is graphic design the CIA's passion? I hate everything. Um, Anyway, uh, so, like, that... Yeah, so hip. The the new logo looks a little like the Joy Division's Unknown Pleasures album. Well, basically, what I think we're seeing is uh, the military-industrial complex in some ways really accepting and embodying neoliberalism to its fullest extent, right? Well, it's got to... To the extent that yeah. it can weaponize it. Yeah, it's got to to appeal to a broader crowd because if you're only appealing, like, it narrows... If you're only appealing to conservatives... If you're just narrow casting to conservatives... Then you're not going to have a military force before too long. Um, so you have to, like... Brand, they have to, like branch out and try to make themselves seem cool because young people are not joining the military by and large. Yeah. And I also say, yeah. Um, which like, thank the gods for that. And hopefully, I don't know if it's necessarily that young people aren't joining the military. I think it's that, uh, the young people that are joining the military might not necessarily have the demographics or skills that they want. Um, but I'm not entirely sure. It's just uh, interesting to see this kind of uh, rebrand and shift in propaganda because the the game that I mentioned, um, uh, Conflict uh, Denied Ops or whatever. Terrible name for a um, game also. It, bad. Um, uh, originally going to be called Crossfire. Um, Better name for a game. Eh. Bad game, uh, better name for a game. It, uh, wa- it was definitely a very 2008 recruitment strategy. Absolutely. Um, and I'm very curious. Uh, I'm going to be doing this again, like an analysis of propaganda. I'm going to find different sources and also be critical of those sources. Um, uh and uh, I want to look at more propaganda games now, like maybe that Warzone game uh, or maybe the, the Call of Duty game attached to it or something along those lines. Because um, I imagine the way that uh, 
the American military and other militaries are represented is very different now than it was then. Or maybe it's not. I don't know. But uh, like with the rebrand of the military, could be. Yeah. I feel like it's similar but different. Like, it's definitely, like, I feel like in video games, it's always been and, and still, like, look how badass the military is. Like, don't you oh, love sure. doing this badass I thing mean, in a video they, game? They you know do this in real life. They know... Uh, especially Call of Duty's relationship with the military and like uh, uh, private defense contractors or whatever and the money that changes hands there um, is very interesting uh, and they know what their primary demographic for Call of Duty games is and you can tell based on the gamer tags that are in those games when you play them uh, it's conservatives that play those games yeah. um, so and Kai briefly and me briefly um uh it was free yeah warzone is <laughs> in a, my defense. unfortunately um, a very fun uh battle royale game yeah and it well, was free there you go but anyway uh and unfortunately i am very very good at military shooters um yeah. there you go but uh but anyway there uh i'm curious if there's any like pc culture like propaganda military games because I wonder, I don't know, I'll, I'll have to start digging because it really interested me that Square Enix uh, uh, Europe funded this one. Well, I feel um, like it's, it's, it's the, uh, there are PC, I mean, the way I, the PC culture I'm struggling with the word PC in this context, by the way, because I keep thinking about. Uh, yeah, not PC like a computer, desktop. PC like political, <laughs> politically correct. Yeah. Um, and the way that PC culture like influences that is I feel like what is the new is the new Call of Duty where you can be non-binary or something like that? Yes. Oh, my God. It's yes. You can shit. be a non-binary like war criminal. That's it. It's like when, uh, uh, you know, in the new battlefield when you could play as a woman and they were like, if you don't like it, fuck you. And yeah. Holy big, like, shit. Statement. You're right. It's infecting games. Wow. Like crazy because it's it's it's. Yeah, it's, you are that. What that's spot on. That's completely spot now, on. But you can be non-binary. It's the uh, Charlotte Climber of video games. Yeah, absolutely. You definitely do not understand that reference. No, nope, that's okay. But I said yes. I love you so much for just completely yes ending all. I'm of on my a references. podcast. My job is to that yes is and very you. true. Um, but and I'll look yeah, up with the that, thing you that's just said. That's actually a very good point. You can be non-binary in the new Call of Duty game, and you also. Are still a CIA agent, weirdly yeah. enough. Um, you're still a war criminal, and it's it's making it's like saying that war crimes are okay because we're inclusive in our hiring of the people who can commit the war crimes. Yeah, it's super great that uh, you know trans people are going to be able to be in the military again, so uh, it's equal opportunity um, uh, bombings and drone strikes. Yeah, equal uh, opportunity that will certainly make a difference to the people that we kill. Yeah. Yeah, it, it won't. It it's makes fucked up that we're hurting people. people. It that is fucked Kamala up that we are killing people. Is, uh, Vice president of the United States. It so. does not. It does not. It does not. I am tired. I am tired of it. I also think it is fucked up that Americans are uh, asking President Biden why he did a bombing uh, before uh, sending us our stimulus checks as though those two things are even comparable. People lost their lives. Yeah, and of course Biden did a bombing. He's an American president. Like, That's bombing all Syria we do. is what we do. Um, yeah, America sucks. Yeah. America sucks the worst, and video games, some video games are trying to pretend like that isn't the case. By some video games... Making it seem like America's badass, but 
it's like if you don't you have to be young enough to be impressionable enough for that because if you're playing those games as an adult if you don't think america's badass call of duty is not going to make you think america's badass you know it's if you are an adult with formed political opinions it's really interesting to me also to just uh go back to conflict denied ops um why it's it's like they purpose they they purposefully chose to have a white and black main character so they could say look at how we're done with racism in america also yeah you like be a CIA, cia agent no matter what your look background like. yeah, and background and we we didn't even see the race that notice how i said background there because they were basing it off of his quote-unquote background right and not his race right stupid 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 racist imperialist capitalist i hate propaganda war uh these these games about american military i hate them with a passion and they also fascinate me deeply because they're so insidious and complex with the ways in which they're trying to convince you or teach you things um like every single mechanic in a game uh every like pixel is put in for a reason right um and it's to get you to do a certain thing or play a certain way um or you know etc um and uh that just falls into propaganda so perfectly so i hope to do this again Anyway, thank you for that, Kai. That was a uh, uh, riveting discussion, and I mean that seriously. It yeah. was a fascinating discussion. I look forward to having it again. Yeah, uh, I'm excited to talk more uh, on the show to just keep abreast of uh, propaganda in video games and how video games are being used for evil. Um, and good. And good, but like it's interesting to discuss the ways in which they're being used for evil. Um, this has been If It's Gay We Play. This has been If It's Gay We Play. It's been a podcast. Uh, we talk about a lot of things on this podcast. We talk about queer stuff. We talk about games. We talk about the military industrial complex. We talk about mutual aid. We talk about mutual aid. Uh, if you like the things that we talk about and you want to send us money for it, uh, that money doesn't just go to us. It goes to mutual aid efforts in Denver and is helping people get housed and fed and clothed um, and warm uh in a in a pretty brutal colorado winter um and you can do that by sending us money if you want to send us money you can either go to anchor.fm slash if it's gay we play um or coffee ko-fi.com slash gay gamers uh and you can send us a few bucks coffee is if you want to give us a, like a one-time donation anchor is if you want to sign up for a monthly donation which a you couple can people also have. send us money uh, oh we have a venmo on too. our venmo at gay gamers j-a-y-g-a-m-e-r-z or uh at paypal um if which it's is... play at protonmail.com yeah we have all the ways to send us money pretty much uh or at least yeah those ways. Also, uh, follow us on Twitter, uh, at GayGamers, G-A-Y-G-A-M-E-R-Z. Yeah. Uh, or send us an email, as we referenced many times in this episode, if it's gay, we play at Gmail. Uh, fuck. At if it's proton gay, we play ma- at ProtonMail.com. At ProtonMail.com. Uh, and uh, uh, our Twitter, at GayGamers, is not just a resource for this podcast. It's yes. a resource for mutual aid. It's yes. a resource for leftist journalism. Yes. It's a resource for uh, protest support and cop watching when those things are happening. Yes. So, especially as we move into the warmer months and there are more actions happening. Um, if you're planning to go to those actions, follow our Twitter because there will be uh, often up-to-date movements of the cops and uh, that will help keep you safe. 
Um, thanks again for listening. Thanks for rating, reviewing, and subscribing and telling your friends. Uh, word of mouth is primarily how we uh, get this show out. And so we appreciate you uh, telling your homies to listen to it and uh, spreading the word. And ratings and yeah. reviews and subscriptions. Reviews just make us feel good. So we like yes. them. Um, even if it's a mean review, I feel like I just like the attention. So uh, maybe don't give us a mean review. But if you must, then it's, you know, it's You still said attention. my name. I said your name? No, I was saying about the review. You, you oh, still yeah, said you my said, name. You still yeah. said my name, and I'm like a dog, and so I liked it. Yes. Um, this has been our show. Thanks for listening to us. Thanks to our producer, Aaron, uh, for our theme song and for producing the show. Thanks to Anchor for hosting our podcast. Yes, thank you, Anchor. And uh, anything else, Kai? Keep playing gay. And keep being games. And fuck shit up. And fuck shit up. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.